the theme we're using for these uh, three weeks uh, comes from uh, Jesus' interpretation of the parable of the sower when he says in Mark 4.19, But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word of God, making it unfruitful. Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew, For I tell you again that it is easier for a rich camel rather to pass through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And then Jesus' own brother James in the first chapter of James, who certainly heard Jesus speak about this topic, says, But the humble man should take pride in his high position, and the rich among you should take pride in their low position, for they will fade like a flower." For the sun comes out with its scorching heat, and the plant withers, the blossom falls, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while he is doing his business. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. New York City Pastor Tim Keller talks about a woman he met. She was an adult child of divorce. And because of her parents' divorce, she spent uh, her childhood really in poverty. And she pledged to herself that this would not happen to her. And then when the time came, she would marry for security, not so much for love. And in fact, that's what she did. But the marriage, though it produced a child, was, was rather unhappy and ended early. And the woman found herself back in the very poverty that she was seeking to avoid. You might say the blossom fell off and its beauty was destroyed. Another man worked very hard to build up a successful business, to uh, gain as much uh, wealth as he could for himself and for his family. But he did it in a way that kept him from spending time with his wife and two children. So one day she threatened him that if he didn't change his ways, they were going to leave. So he sold his business made a lot of money selling the business, and he moved to a lake resort area, built a lake house, and then as he started to get bored, he bought a marina. And then he saw the promise in that marina that he could turn it into a real moneymaker. It would be better than any other marina on the lake. And so he began to pour hours and hours of his time into it. His wife begged him for his presence, and finally she and the children left. And the blossom fell off, and its beauty was destroyed. Another couple had one child, a one and only son. They did everything they could for the child, built a nice house, put a sport court in the house to entertain him, gave him a state-of-the-art entertainment room, bought him the best cars, sent him to the finest private school before he went to school, then to the best college that he could get into. They invested all that they could in him, But long about his junior year in college, he fell in with a crowd that led him toward other substances. He became addicted. His family lost touch with him, couldn't find him as he disappeared, and they had not seen him in five years. And the blossom fell off, and its beauty was destroyed. In Luke 16, Jesus tells about a man who's got very good business. It's going very well. And so his crops are so good that he said, I need to tear down my barns and build bigger ones so I can hold all the stuff that I've got and everything I've accumulated. And then I'll retire and I'll say to myself, relax, eat, drink, be merry. 
And God's response to that man was, you're a fool. Because that very night, the man died. And what became of his barns? And all that he had accumulated. As the cliche goes, there are no luggage racks on hearses. You simply cannot take it with you. You've probably seen the joke that's going around about the man who is... uh, Uh, near death, and so he makes his wife promise that she will bury him with his part of their income uh, or their assets, $200,000. He wants to be buried with $200,000. She says, okay. He dies, and uh, and she carries out his wish. And her friends are flabbergasted, and they're saying, you're kidding. You didn't really bury him with $200,000 in the casket. And she said, of course I did. I wrote him a check. You can't take it with you. You die. The blossom falls. And its beauty is destroyed. Scriptures, Psalms, Proverbs, James, and all the teachings of Jesus are very clear that wealth is an illusion. It simply does not last. It cannot deliver in the future what it promises because it has a boundary that it cannot cross. Simply fades away. As James says, the sun comes out with its scorching heat. The plant withers and there goes the blossom. It falls off. You may recall the book that we read last year called The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn. He had that beautiful metaphor of Confederate money. He said if you were living in the deep south in 1864 and early 1865 and you had a chance to uh, trade in your Confederate money on U.S. A currency, he said, you probably would have done it. And he said, in the same way, all the wealth that we come to admire when it comes to the kingdom of God is Confederate money. It simply will not spend there. You can't take it. And he said, so why not trade it in now by using it in ways that honor God and bless other people? From time to time, I get opportunity to go to other countries and I always, uh, you know, bring home some of the local currency for my kids. Um, a hundred Kenyan francs. hundred Kenyan francs. Well, even over in Kenya, this is less than seven bucks. But here in the States, it's nothing. It won't spend here. It doesn't transfer. It doesn't make that trip. And the Scripture tries to say all the wealth that we accumulate just isn't going to make the trip. It's not going to transfer. It is an illusion. It won't last. And so the scriptures encourage us to make investments in things that will last. Think about it this way. Valentine's is coming up, and it's a wonderful day. And many people uh, give uh, flowers, and the flowers are great. But I simply want to ask, what happens to them? They generally don't last till next Valentine's. Most of them don't last till St. Patrick's Day. They might get pressed and put in a book somewhere, one of them. But they're a cut flower. They will not last. And wealth, the scriptures say, are like a cut flower. It simply won't go very long, very far. And I think the scriptures encourage us rather than to have a cut flower, but to create our own garden. To grow our own life in ways that will continue to uh, improve and continue to honor God and bless other people. And I think that garden is our heart. Our soul, our character, that's what will last. That's what will carry on after our death. 
uh, Miloslav Volf, who's a, um, a theologian and writer, teaches at Yale University, says that our goal as Christians should be a richness of being, not a richness of having. Because the richness of having is just not going to go very far. But who we are is going to go into eternity. Character issues count. Uh, that's why it's it, Scout Sunday. The Scouts come in. We celebrate that because what they're about is not all the things they can gather when they're meeting weekly. What they're about is about what's happening to their character and what's going on inside. And as Christians, it's the same way for us. Now, here's the trick. Money plays a role in our character. Now, often money plays a role that it it can taint our character. It can lead us away from things that are uh, significant. John Wesley, uh, the founder of the Methodist Church, said this. He said, I have to get rid of money before it finds its way to my heart. Wesley was very uh, made a lot of money because he wrote so many books during his lifetime, the founder of Methodism. But he had said when he was about 40 years old, he counted all the money he had, and he says, if I have any more money than this, when I die, I'll be a liar. And he continued to make money, and he continued to give it away. He used his money in a way where it didn't taint his character, and by giving it to those in need, it actually built and strengthened his character. Every Sunday when the offering plate is passed, or next Sunday when we have that once-a-year opportunity uh, to turn in our estimate of giving cards, it's a character builder because it's a way to come forward and say, I am more than my money. My security is not in any account anywhere. My security, my faith, my trust is in God. And when we do that, our character and our heart is strengthened. But the key is, we got to do it while we still can. Because once we die, the blossom falls, the flower fades, and it's all over. I was introduced uh, recently to a book I'd never heard of by Thomas Lynch. Thomas Lynch is an undertaker uh, in Ireland, but he's also a poet. And and, uh, Christian author John Ortberg um, had a discussion of his book. I found it was fascinating. Uh, One of his themes is people tell him all about the funerals that they want or don't want. And he always tells them, look, the dead don't care. It it just won't matter when you get there. And one of the people he's writing with uh, to a funeral one day is a very worldly Irish priest who's very wealthy and actually has his eyes on being the next cardinal in uh, the area. And as they're riding to the funeral, uh, this wealthy priest said, you know, when I die, I don't want a bronze casket. Just put me in a pine box. And give me a pauper's funeral. That's all I need. And, and the priest is almost moved as he expresses his, with, his wishes. And so Thomas, the undertaker, says to him, Well, you know what? I can help you with that, he said. You could start today. Instead of playing golf at the club, you could play at the public links. Instead of wearing floor shimes, you could trade them in on a less expensive shoe. He said, instead of driving a limousine, he said, you could buy a Chevy. He said, and I'll tell you what, if you need somebody to help give your stuff away to the poor, I'll do it for you. Bring it to me. I know poor people. I'll distribute it. Well, the priest didn't respond to his offer. And this is Lynch's comment on the worldly priest. He said, what I was trying to tell the fellow was, of course, that being a dead saint is no more worthwhile than being a dead angelfish. Living and life is the run and always has been. This is the central fact of my business undertaking. There is nothing, once you are dead, that can be done to you or with you that will do any good or harm 
the dead don't care. The only time to do good or to do harm is while you are still living. The only day we have to begin to use our stewardship and our resources that Steve talked about in a way that honors God and blesses others is today. Because tomorrow we may be dead and the dead don't care.